You know, the Bible teaches us, or at least unveils to us, that the Lord Jesus has a specific word for every local church. The Lord has a specific word for every local church. You see this in the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, where Jesus is, is the one who walks in the midst, middle of the candlesticks, each candlestick representing a local church. And the Bible says, the Bible shows us there that he holds the messengers representing to us the leaders or the pastors of each of these local churches. He holds them in his hands. And then from chapter 2 to chapter 3, the Lord gives a very specific message for each of the seven churches that he was speaking to at that time. And so we believe, we are convinced that the Lord has a specific message for every local church. Amen? And so the Lord has a specific message for us as a local church. And uh, as pastor, as leader, it's my responsibility to make sure I'm listening to the Lord Jesus. Make sure that I'm hearing what He wants to speak to us and then come and share it with us. And uh, that's what we do regularly in the November of every year. The November of every year I go before God and I say, God, you know, what are you speaking to us as a church, as a body? What are you telling us for the coming year? And what, what direction should we go? What should we be ready for? What kind of things that you uh, plan and intend to release into our lives as a local church in the coming year? And so I go before God and, the, and whatever the Lord puts into my heart, I come and share with you on the first Sunday of every year. So this being January 1st and also the first Sunday of 2006, I want to share with you the word of the Lord for this year. What the Lord has put, up, put upon our hearts for 2006. Where we are going to go as a local church. Where we, what is the Lord speaking to each one of us as individuals. And I also firmly believe that the message has relevance to every person who's connected to this body. Amen. It's not just some general word that, oh yeah, pastor is preaching to the congregation, it's some general thing, that it doesn't mean anything to me. No, I want you to understand that when, when the Lord speaks to a church, a body of people, it somehow has relevance to every individual. And so this morning, as I present to you the word of the Lord for 2006, I want you to open your heart to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, make this word relevant to me. In what way is this word going to come to pass in my life in this year? What action should I take in this year? What are the things you're telling me very specifically for this year? What must I do with the word of the Lord for 2006? However, I want us to understand that as we, uh, as we share the prophetic word, you know, there is no word, no prophetic word that supersedes the written scriptures. Amen? We all know that. We all believe that. Amen? There is no word from, no prophecy or any prophetic word that supersedes the word of the Lord, the written scriptures. The written scriptures is supreme. This is what we live by 365 days of the year. Amen? However, it's also nice to know that the Lord does speak to us very personally. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. He will take up what I am saying and He will speak that to you. Amen? So God is a God who speaks. He's not a dumb God. Amen? 
He's a God who speaks to us in the now of our lives. And while we, uh, we acknowledge the supremacy of the written scriptures, we must also have a ear that can be listening to what God is saying to us in the now. And of course, whatever God speaks to us in the now will always be in subjection to the written scriptures. It will not supersede the written scriptures. What I want to do before we get into the word of the Lord for this year is just quickly review what happened in 2005. In 2005, at the beginning of 2005, the word of the Lord for 2005, for the year gone by, was, was simply this. The walls will be built. The walls will be built. And uh, I said three, three, three uh, statements on this. Number one, the walls will be built. Your morning will break forth. The first blades will spring up. And I'm just reviewing what I shared with you. The walls will be built. Application for us as a church. We had spent the first four years since we began in, in February of 2001. We had be, been spent the first four years laying a solid foundation. And in 2005, at the word of the Lord was that we would begin to see the walls emerging. The walls being built. And when I look back this past year, I see in certainty how that really took place in us as a church where we began to see the walls being built and for example we uh, at the beginning of the year we brought in our i'm just reviewing for those of you who are visiting please bear with us we are uh, doing some work that god wants us to do this morning i i, I just you know saw how you know god brought in we first brought, brought in our uh, chief administrative officer brother jay kumar and then from then we began to add um additional people to our church staff and uh and uh, began to see more structure being established in, in us as a body. Our cell, groups, cell group ministry really took off in a very in a strong way this year. We organized our publications department. We had uh, two people dedicated for that, along with the graphics person who would help us do that. And all of these things are really the walls being built in us as a church. And for us as individuals, the application was that you will see the fruit of your diligence in laying a good foundation in the past years, in your career, your profession, your business, your marriage, your academics, your ministry. The walls will begin to be built. We'll begin to see them emerging. The next thing we said is that your morning will break forth. The application for us as a church is this, that in 2005, it will be a day for, of our manifestation when, when God will take us as a church out of obscurity and into visibility. The application for us as individuals was this, that this is your day of dawning, your day breaking forth, the morning will break forth. The becoming visible of that which God has appointed for your life. And I could, be, I could see that in, both in, in, the life of, in our life as a church and in, in, in the lives of many individuals in our congregation. You know, last week we were in Hyderabad and um, to attend uh, our uh, uh, Pastor Emmanuel's wedding. And uh, that morning, just before we go into the wedding, we were having breakfast. And there was a slightly elderly couple who walked in to have breakfast. And uh, this person looked, turned, the man looked, turned to me and he said, uh, I know you. I saw you when you were coming as a young boy to preach in Ballroom Boys School. Of course, I couldn't really recognize him, nothing, you know. Oh, I said, oh, okay. And Amy was there and... You were like, oh, wow, wonderful, you know. So this person saw me like 20 years ago when I was coming and preaching in Ballroom Boys School. 
Then uh, so I said, you know, what are you doing? And he said, yeah, I'm still there, still working in the office there in Bolon Boys School. And uh, so he looked at me and he said, uh, so what are you doing? Uh, and uh, later on he said, um, how come we don't see you at RTMC nowadays? Uh, then I said, uh, you know, uh, I'm pastoring a church. <laughs> and he said, uh, which church? I said, all people's church. Oh, all people says, yeah, that's the church where all the young people go to. So apparently this person had heard about old people's church, but he didn't know who the pastor was. But he had heard about old people's church. You know, a faithful member of RTMC, and uh, that's the Richmond Town Methodist Church where we grew up in. And uh, so it's very apparent, and I run into many people in our city, that, that people, uh, where God has really, God has brought us out of obscurity into visibility as a congregation. I mean, I'm not saying to boast of this, but this is what the Lord has done for us. Amen? And, uh, you know, we had two conferences this year outside of Bangalore for pastors and ministers. And, and really, uh, after we had our conference in Hubli, the, the pastors got together. They said, you know, we want to connect with all people's church. And these were pastors from other denominations, from Methodists, um, uh, different denominations, different groups. They said, we want to connect with all people's church. We want, to, we want to receive what God is doing here. Somehow there was something in them that said, there is something going on here that we must connect with. God taking us out of obscurity into visibility. And on top of it all, I'm not boasting about this, but this past week we received an email from a church in UK. And they said, it went something like this, I'm just summarizing, he said, you know, we've been following your ministry for the past two years and we feel that we want to connect with all people's church. Because we want to receive of what God is doing here. Amen? I mean, traditionally, it works the other way. Churches in India want to connect with all other churches around the world so that they can receive money. Now, I'm not boasting, but this is what happens. But here's somebody from the UK sending a letter to us saying, we want to connect with you because we want to receive what, of the wisdom and strength that's, that we've been watching in, in this that's going on here. Amen? God bringing us out of obscurity into visibility. And we never went running around for all these things. I mean, we're just doing our own, minding our own business. Amen? Just doing what we're supposed to be doing. And God is doing something here. The third thing we said this is, the first blades will spring up. Application for us as a church, in the church we will begin to see the breaking forth, the sprouting, the emerging of many ministries, the suits, the first blade will become visible. They will begin to spring forth this year. However, they will not reach maturity this year. That is, we begin to see the sprouting, the emerging of many ministries in our church. Application for us as individuals, the first blade will spring up. Many will begin to see the emergence, the coming forth of the gifts and ministries, business and careers for which they have faithfully sown in the Spirit and for which they have laid a good foundation. This is the year of emergence, the manifestation of becoming visible of that which laid hidden and that which was being formed in the womb. And we saw this being fulfilled in the life of our church. We Vijay went out earlier this year to start a ministry out there in Assam. Uh, we, there are many other ministries that really were, becomes, became strong this year. 
we started up our Bible college this year in, in July of this year. Launched a very strong new ministry. Our teens and twenties ministry just began to grow and expand and we added the elevate meetings. Other staff are beginning to find their place. We established a member care ministry and so on and so forth. New ministries breaking forth. People taking their place. And when I look at the individual, I see how several individuals have shared in their lives how you know they're you know they've seen promotion, they've seen a growth, they've seen how they've moved ahead in their careers, in their in their jobs, and so on and so forth. The breaking forth, the springing up of that which has been hidden in their lives. But I also remember sharing with all of us a warning that for those of us who've been negligent in laying a solid foundation. You know, we are going to be looking at others and saying, hey, their blades are springing forth. What, why it's not happening to me? And then I remember sharing that we need to get back to the drawing board, sketch out the blueprint, and get to the serious business of laying a good foundation. Because without a good, without a good foundation, the house cannot be built. There will be no shortcuts. And to summarize the highlights of what happened in our church in 2005, you know, we had a number of staff added to our church. As a church, God is bringing us out of obscurity into visibility. Many new ministries were launched this year. BJ was sent out to ask Sam. The Bible College was launched in July. The TNT, the LOA, the cell groups, the publication team, the member care ministry, many other things taking place. And APC Mangalore, we've now got a, a, our own rented facility for all people's church in Mangalore. We never had that till towards the end of the end of the year. Things are really coming together all that work there and several other things so as I begin to share with you the word of the Lord for 2006 I encourage you to pay close attention and say Lord what is it that you're telling me for 2006 on November 16th which was Wednesday as in the early hours of the morning I was just praying just waiting on the Lord just praying in the spirit waiting on God I was not necessarily praying and asking God, saying, God, tell me what's going to happen. In what, what are you saying for 2006? It was really not necessarily praying specifically for that. But I was just waiting on the Lord. And it was that day, that number 16th, that I sensed the presence of God really come over me. And he, he spoke this into my heart. I know it for sure, so I'm not just making up a story here. He said, in 2006, it is time to break new ground. In 2006, it is time to break new ground. And I begin to understand what this would mean for us as a church. I'm going to share those things with you this morning. So the word of the Lord for 2006 is simply this. It is time to break new ground. So tell your neighbor, it's time to break new grounds. It is time to break new grounds. And you know, God often uses imagery to communicate what He wants to us. And so at that moment, I could see the picture of an Indian farmer who was taking out, you know, his, his oxen in front of him. And he was beginning to break grounds. But this ground was not just normal ground, that the field that he was cultivating regularly. 
But this was virgin soil. Ground that had not been cultivated before. Amen? Meaning that he had to do a cleaning up of the ground, the preparation of the ground, and then he started breaking ground. The very first time, breaking ground to begin to cultivate that piece of land. It's time to break new ground. If you will go with me in the, in, to scriptures now, if you go with me to Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 3. Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 3. The Lord uses this, this kind of imagery to communicate His thoughts to His people. For example, in Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 3. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 3. Break up your fallow ground. Now, he's not talking about new ground. He's talking about fallow ground. And we'll explain that what it means. So this is different from new ground. But the point I want to bring across to us is that God uses this kind of imagery of, of breaking ground and so on and so forth to communicate something to his people, that act, some action that he wants to take, that he wants them to take. In the spiritual, break up your fallow ground. Fallow ground is ground that, you know, uh, it's freshly tilled ground, but then you, it's been neglected and all the, the clods, those big chunks of soil are still there, and you need to till it, uh, break those clods. You need to till it, break those clods, till the ground so that you can prepare it for a time of sowing. So he's saying, break up the fallow ground, meaning it's just been plowed through, but it's, it's been abandoned since that point. You need to till the ground a little bit more so that you can prepare it and then sow the seed. So God is, in other words, telling His people, you know, you need to you know, do something in your life. It doesn't mean He wants them to actually go out and start plumbing the land. He's talking about something they need to do in their hearts. You look at Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. The same thing is repeated to the nation of Israel by the prophet Hosea. Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. Once again, he's saying, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. So what does it mean in their understanding that moment when God says, break up your fallow ground? It is, he's telling them, I want you to come back to me. I want you to seek me. It's time to seek the Lord. So he was using an, an imagery from the agricultural world to communicate to them that it was time for them to seek the Lord. So understand that God does speak to us this way. The word of the Lord for 2006 is simply this. It's time to break new ground. So we're not talking about fallow ground. We're talking about new ground. Ground that has not been broken before. New ground. It's time to break new grounds. And I want us to understand the process that's involved in breaking new ground. You know, when you want to, when you, if you imagine yourself being a farmer, an agriculturist, imagine, you know, you're walking, you know, out about 10 kilometers outside of Bangalore City, and uh, 10, 20 kilometers outside of Bangalore City, you find this, this land that, that still, um, um, you know, has all kinds of bushes and uh, Maybe all kinds of trees and wild grass growing. 
But then you identify this territory, you identify this piece of land. You say, wow, it's great. It's very strategically located. Now, all along, there's a river running by near. There's a, there's a highway here, so I can take my produce and go sell it easily. And you find a strategic location. There's plan that you can plan for irrigation, you can plan for harvesting. So what do you do? The process of breaking new ground. Number one, you identify new territory. You all understanding me? Yeah. You identify it. You don't just randomly start digging up somebody's garden saying, God told me, break your ground, you know. No. You identify your territory first. It's strategic. You don't do it in random. And the next thing you do, once you've identified the territory is what? You've got to clean out the surface. And cleaning out the surface could mean cutting down some of those trees that are there. It could mean pulling out the wild grass. It could be in burning up this, the wild grass to clean up the land. It might be uprooting and throwing out rocks and so on. You go through a, clean, a cleaning out process where you clean up this piece of land that you want to work on. And then, number three, is you start plowing the lands. Right? So what's involved in breaking new ground? You've got to identify your territory. You've got to clean it out. And then you start plowing. So it's not at random that you just go in and do something. No. It's very strategic. We'll come back to that a little later. But let's talk about the application of this. It's time to break new ground. What are we going to see? What is the application of this for us as a church? As a local church? In 2006, it will be the year when we begin to break new ground in several areas. One, we are going to begin to break new ground in our corporate life, in our walk with God in the spiritual realm. Amen? So tell your neighbor, get ready to get into new realms. Amen? See, as a, as a church, we cannot afford to stagnate. Because stagnant water stinks. Amen? When a church starts stagnating, it will start stinking it will give rise to all kinds of diseases it'll give rise to all kinds of things that are not supposed to be there so we cannot afford to stagnate as a church and in 2006 we as a church must step up to new ground in our spiritual walk with god amen you say well i'm comfortable where i am well then get prepared to be left behind because we're moving up to new levels of faith, new levels in our walk with God. We want to rise up to higher levels in our praise, in our worship of God, in our understanding of His Word, in our application of this Word. Because after all, God said that our final standard is the standard of Christ. We must all come into maturity, to the fullness of Christ. And none of us are there yet. Amen? So we as a body must keep going up as a church. Are we going to break into new realms and our walk with God in the spiritual realm? So be prepared for that. It means we might need to let go of, the, of things that we are accustomed to. But we have to do that to move into new, new levels with God. Number two, as, as we're going to break new ground as a church, we will also launch out in a strong move across this nation. What is our vision as a church? It is to be salt and light 
in the city of Bangalore, it is to be a voice to our nation and to the nations of this world. So this year, we're going to begin to launch out in a strong move across the nation. This is the year when it will start. We will start moving across this nation this year. This is the year when in the realm of the Spirit, we'll begin to break new ground as we start to move across this nation. You know, the first five years, February of 2006, we will be completing five years as a church. And these five years, we have not really gone out very much outside the city of Bangalore. Not much. Last year, there was only two times that we went out. 2004, was only once the entire year. Went to Hyderabad for three days, and that was it. But there are constantly invitations saying, come, 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 come. And all my answer, most of the time, my answer was, no, 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 no. It's not time. The first five years, I said, I'm going to dedicate it to laying a foundation, a strong foundation. So invitations would come, you know, come to the Middle East, come here, come there. Go to Fiji, go here, go. No, answer is no. Why? I know what I'm supposed to do. I got to be here to lay a good foundation. But 2006, I believe God is telling us as a church, it's now time to become a voice to the nation. It's time for us to begin to look at the nation and begin to say, God, we are ready to go to the nation and carry something and we go. Not just randomly go and have meetings for the sake of having meetings, but a go to the purpose to impact and make a difference in our nation. First five years, we've laid a good foundation. Now we can begin to move across this nation. And this is the year it's going to start, 2006, when we will begin to break new ground in the realm of the Spirit across this nation. This week, we're going to have our first Kingdom Builders Conference in Nagpur, January 4th through 6th. We're going to go to, go to Nagpur with Jay Kumar, myself, and a couple others will be joining us from other places. We're going to have... Three days of conference for pastors and ministers. We're expecting several hundred of pastors and ministers from that area to come. And it's going to be our first Kingdom Builders Conference. And what we are doing is going to teach and train and impart to pastors and ministers uh, the, the biblical understanding of how to be a Kingdom Builder. How to build people by the Spirit. Amen. Because that's what the, the church is all about. It's about building people. It's not about building buildings. I mean, buildings are important. We need to have them. But there's something more than building buildings. It's about building people. Amen? And we're going to begin to do that this year. And there are several other uh, similar conferences we are going to have across the nation. And our focus is not just ministering to churches, but our focus is ministering to the leaders, ministering to pastors and ministers. Because if we can change the leaders, we can change the churches. Amen? If we can change the hearts of pastors, if we can change the hearts of ministers, we can change their congregations. And that's what we're going to begin to do this year. Thirdly, as application for us as a local church, we may, we may do things in the natural that have been done previously by others. However, there will be a release of a new anointing impacting lives in a fresh new way and moving people into avenues that they may have not ventured into previously in their walk with God. Meaning we might do the same thing. 
that may have been done, but there's going to be a fresh anointing. Because remember, it's not man that changes lives. The Bible says the flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. So we may do the same thing, but there's going to be a flow of a new anointing. Pushing people into realms that they haven't gone before. You're going to begin to see that happen. And fourthly, we'll also begin to launch new ways of doing things in ministry which will be groundbreaking. In ministry, we'll begin to launch new ways of doing things. Amen? God is a creative God. He doesn't say, look, you know, I've run out of ways of how to win the loss. Choose from this 100 ways and try them out. No. This year, we might do the 101st way, the 102nd way of reaching souls for God in our city. Amen. New ways of doing ministry, which may be groundbreaking, but God will take us there. Application for us as individuals. It is time to break new ground. What application will it have for us as new individuals? As individuals, not new individuals, new individuals. This is the year that we will begin to break new ground in our personal lives, in our spiritual growth, in our professions, our careers, and so on. We will step out into new terrain in these areas. Number one, in your spiritual walk with God, expect God to take you into new realms, to break new ground. Amen? In your spiritual walk with God, expect God to take you in your realms, to break new ground. You know, if we go through various seasons in our spiritual life, there are seasons where of great conquest, where you're acquiring new ground. Then there are seasons where you solidify what you have acquired. So you might go through a year where you're just strengthening what, what God has brought you. So it might seem like a plateau, but really, you're solidifying what you've, the level you've come to. And then there may be seasons in your spiritual walk with God where you're just defending what you already have. Various seasons in our spiritual walk with God. Amen? So it's not like every year you're, you're going to be up, 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 up. Because some years you go up and you might seem like a plateau. But what's happening is God's really solidifying what you, the level that you've come to. Because He can't take you to the new level if you have not solidified what you have acquired by stepping one level up. But in 2006, what we're expecting is God is going to take us to break new ground in our spiritual walk with God. Go up another level in your spiritual walk with God. In your personal life, expect to break new ground. Areas you've just been thinking of, expect to step into those areas. You know, expect to break new ground in your relationships with people, husbands and wives, parents and children. Expect to break new ground. You always saw, wow, it wouldn't be wonderful to have that kind of relationship. Well, expect that this year. On your job, you may be asked to take on assignments or responsibility that you have had no previous experience or skill in handling. This is new ground you are breaking. 
Amen? Imagine your boss comes and says, Would you like to launch this new line of business for our company? I say, Excuse me. I'm not a manager. I don't know this line of business. But he says, But I think you've got it in you to do this. Do this. You're going to break new ground. Amen? So expect that in your jobs. You may not have had previous experience or skill in handling. It may even be something that has never not been done previously in an organization, but you've been picked out to do it. Expect to break new ground. Amen? Now, what do you do with the word of the Lord? So if God is saying in 2006, it's time to break new ground, what do you do? Now something we must understand is this, every word from God is conditional, whether conditions have been stated or not. Amen? Every prophetic word, every word from God is conditional. Even if there is no if, it's implicit. It doesn't mean we can sit back and relax and say, well, I'm breaking new ground this year. I wish I had a chair, I could have demonstrated it better, but you know. I just sit back and say, I'm breaking new ground. Well, you can go through the whole year and break nothing. <laughs> because every word from God is conditional, whether conditions are stated or not. So we have our part to play in seeing the prophetic word of God come to pass in our lives. I want to really impress that upon, upon you. Look at some scriptures with me. If you turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. Paul wrote, writes to Timothy, he says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. What do you do with prophecies? Write it on your... Uh, on a nice big sheet of paper, frame it, do some puja to it, hope that it comes to pass. No. What do you do with the prophetic word? What do you do with the word of the Lord? You must buy them, use them to fight a good fight, to wage a good warfare. Amen? In other words, you know, many times we, you know, people get excited when a, when a prophetic word is spoken over their lives. They get, oh, you know, God told me this, so I feel very special. They don't do anything with it. They forget all about it. And that prophetic word just falls by the wayside unaccomplished. Why? Because they failed to fight a good fight with that word. So when the Lord speaks, you've got to take that word, you've got to wage a good warfare with the word that God has spoken over your life and say, God, you have spoken this. I believe your word. Believe the prophetic word. I'm going to fight. Because this is God's revelation of His plan and purpose for my life. Look at Daniel chapter 9. Very interesting. Daniel chapter 9. I just want to give you some scriptural basis to show you that it's not enough just to hear a prophetic word, but you've got to do something with it. To see it fulfilled in your life. Daniel chapter 9 verses 1 to 4. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, 
who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. And it goes on into Daniel's prayer. You know what Daniel is doing? He opened the books and he read and he saw the prophecy of Jeremiah saying, you know, you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. And then he realized, look, we have been in captivity for close to about 70 years. And what did he do? He began to pray. He began to take the word of the Lord back to God in prayer. And if you skip down a few verses and come and look at verse 15, it says here, And now, O Lord your God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name, as it is this day, we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because of our sins and for the iniquity of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. Now therefore our God, hear the prayer of your sermon and his supplications. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary which is desolate. And he goes on. You know, here was a prophetic word that God had spoken through his prophet Jeremiah saying, you're going to be in captivity 70 years. And Daniel when he read that, he began to pray and he began to ask God for a fulfillment of that word. He said, God, forgive our sins. Please, God, cause your face to shine upon Jerusalem once again. But God had already spoken. But yet he had to pray. Amen? Meaning, a prophetic word has to be prayed through. Many of us, we receive a word, a word from the Lord, and we sit down, and we just hope it will happen by itself. But no, you've got to pray it on the air. You've got to pray it. Pray over what God has spoken into your life. Great examples in 1 Kings chapter 17, or chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, if you turn with me to...